to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, not that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body i mean the f everything i mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well i mean if, if it if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is no rules. with no rules no, no fighting. well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like big dumb McCartney that pulling me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bet. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud for fighting with you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you got to just keep on flowing. Aloha, Penn Nation. You are now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. And as we do each and every week, we've got some great guests lined up for the show this evening that I know each of you are going to love. BJPenn.com Radio, we are live every single Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, even if I'm sick and I can barely speak, like last week. But this week, I got my voice back, so life is good. And like I said, every single week, we continue to bring you guys the best possible guests. We are the Fighter's Voice, and we're all about giving these athletes a platform to speak their minds without bias, and we're also the voice of you guys, the fans. And we greatly appreciate all the love and support, Penn Nation. Please keep it up. You guys continue to help us keep this train rolling forward. As I said, another great lineup tonight. Seems to be the case every week. And of course, I wouldn't lie to you about that. But three great guests, some really cool conversations. But before we get into any of that, your home for MMA news, like I tell you guys every single week, is BJPenn.com. Make sure you bookmark us, BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Keep up to date on the sport that you love, all the latest and greatest, all the hot topics, the breaking news, viral videos, exclusive content, everything that you crave all in one place. New technique videos every single week with the Gracie family, 
some really cool stuff that we're bringing to you guys as far as content goes, in particular with the video content. And I know I've been slacking on the YouTube channel, putting out clips from the show, but I'm going to get back on that. Uh, we put out a clip from uh, this past week with Chael Sonnen. There was a ton of stuff I could have done, but good old Kench ran into a bit of an issue with uh, some music that we're using for those, so i got to work through that. But we will continue to bring you guys cool video content as well. BJPenn.com, we're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. You guys continue to make that possible for us. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, as I said, bookmark us, stay up to date. Everything you crave from the sport you love, all in one place. BJPenn.com, we have got you covered. Three awesome guests, all relative to each other in a way. First up, he was on the show last week. He's a man stealing all the headlines this week. Colby Chaos Covington. He'll be kicking things off. We're going to recap the win over Maya, all the controversy that's come along with it, backlash from his team, the fans, other fighters. Say what you want. The man is playing the villain role like a boss, without question. Awesome conversation with him, as always. We talk about it all. The death, I mean, well, maybe not the death, death threats, but the Brazilian fans wanting to kill him as he walked out of the, out of the arena. The issue with Leota Machida backstage. The reception since he's come home. People leaving American Top Team. A couple guys in particular we discuss. We cover it all. Awesome conversation. And then we look forward and look ahead to what seems to be the inevitable showdown with Tyron Woodley. And Kobe's also got some other things in mind as well. So very interesting conversation. You guys want to stay tuned. Obviously, um, Kobe's always, always fun. I know you guys will enjoy that one. Our second guest, this is my first time speaking to this gentleman. Modern day Viking. Guy's pretty cool. Hailing from Norway. 1-0 in the UFC, looking to stake his claim as one of the top contenders. The man they call Valhalla, Emil Mech. The way he ties in to each of our guests being intertwined here, as I said, he's supposed to fight Kamara Usman at UFC 219 in December. But with all the controversy that Colby's caused, putting himself into the headlines, Usman is gunning for a fight with Kobe, and he's claiming that the UFC wants him to fight Covington. And that would leave Emil without an opponent, or they'd have to find him a replacement. We're going to get the inside scoop on all that and much more. Cool conversation with him. Laid-back guy. Certainly focused and motivated, but uh, very easy to conversate with. Super cool guy. And, quite frankly, pretty cool accent as well. So he'll be our second guest tonight, Valhalla, Emil Mech. You guys will enjoy that one as well. Closing out tonight's show, third guest, good friend of BJPenn.com radio, good friend of BJPenn.com in general, a man competing this weekend in Madison Square Garden at UFC 217. Looking to not only get back in the win column, 
but put himself in, in prime position to be next in line for a title shot. Teammate of Colby Covington. Partner in crime, if you will. Our good friend, Gamebred himself, Jorge Masvidal. We're just days away from the biggest fight of his career, arguably. We're going to preview this fight with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Get his prediction, of course. We'll discuss how, uh, you know, he and he and Colby have managed to do what they said they were going to do, and that is take over the welterweight division. They've done it in less than a year. Um, as long as you guys have heard them on this show, they've been talking about it, and many others as well. But they've taken over the division. They continue to do so. And the way things look now, they're going to have to determine who fights for the title, who who cleans out the challengers, they are quite the quite the team, some kick-ass partners, and of course we discuss all of that, all of the controversy with Kobe, with uh, Kobe, and you'll hear his thoughts on the critics, his teammates, what he feels about Kobe's ability to promote himself, and again the backlash that he's getting from this. So there you have it, guys. Those are our three guests. First up, Kobe Covington. Emil Mech, closing out tonight's show, Jorge Masvidal. Three great guests, another great show, BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice, my friends. Speaking of The Voice, Fighter's Voice, I am the voice of The Fighter's Voice, so my voice is back. We can do some news this week. First, let's recap the fights from the weekend. Tons of fights, good finishes, pretty damn solid card, in my opinion. Uh, Vicente Luque, or Luke... How do you say his name? I suppose I should look that up. But that gentleman, Vincente, my goodness, my personal opinion, looks like a mini younger Shogun Hua. Can't say enough about his his performance. I, I really, that's a guy to keep your eyes on, in my opinion. Yeah, Luke K, I guess. Yeah, I suppose that's how you say it. Speaks speaks English well. All around, a lot of potential for him. Super cool cat. And I loved his fighting style. Uh, without question, fun to watch. Sorry, guys, I'm hopping around pages here. Shoe face, very dominant. Francisco Trinaldo beats a very, very tough Jim Miller. Jim Miller now, I believe, holds the record for most fights in the UFC. Impressive stuff from him. And in typical Jim Miller fashion, it was a battle. He fought it through and just wasn't his night. John Lineker back in the win column. And, of course, in the main event, main and co-main event, we had Colby Covington and Derek Brunson as the winners. Um First, let, first, let's discuss. Um, sorry, give me a second here. Ads going on the site now. Um, when it comes to Colby, first of all, great performance. Really did a much better job than Tyron Woodley did when facing Damian Maya. Um, showed exactly how high level his wrestling is. Did his best in the stand-up and, and certainly certainly put a whooping on Damien, without a doubt. 
Damien had a little success early, landed a couple of straight lefts, cut Kobe up. But at the end of the fight, Damien was in a pool of his own blood on the mat. And uh, Kobe really did, really did put a whooping on Damien. As far as where it puts him in the title picture, he's right there. Takes the number three ranking. I have no doubt in my mind that he should be, if not Jorge Masvidal, it'll be Kobe Covington. So again, there's some stuff for them to figure out in regards to who keeps the title, who fights for the title, so on and so forth. But they're both right there in the mix. When it comes to what Kobe did after the fight, you heard it here on the show last week. He said, you're not going to want to miss my post-fight promo. That was certainly the case. Did he go too far? I suppose you could say that. But I'd like to remind everyone that I even talk about it with Kobe here. The man who wrote the blueprint for how to bring that type of bad guy, villain, heel persona into MMA was Chael Sonnen. And Chael Sonnen said some pretty inflammatory stuff about Brazilians, and we weren't all nearly as sensitive about it. We do live in a politically correct age. I understand that's the way things are going. But I also think that everybody's becoming hypersensitive. Um, We know what Kobe is doing here. He's playing the villain role. He's a heel. He's saying shit to piss people off. And it's working. And and therefore, throughout all this controversy that he's generating, he's getting the fights he wants. He's propelling himself into the spotlight. And for everybody that, that is that upset with him, maybe don't do him the favor of talking about him. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Look, I get it. People get offended and they're upset and rightfully so. But at the same time, we all need to take a step back and realize that it's promotion. He's unapologetic. He's sticking to the heel role. You know, had he apologized, that would have done, that would have been terrible in my opinion, but the guy's doing a hell of a job at promoting himself. People outside honking horns. But anyway, you'll hear me discuss all this in depth with Kobe anyway, coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, And then Derek Brunson goes out, starches Machida. Machida coming off of that really long layoff. Is it the end for Machida? Tough to say. I'd like to see him get back in there. Um, At least one more time, see where he stacks up. Had uh, looked good early before the the subsequent finish, but unfortunate nonetheless uh, to see him go down like that after such a long layoff puts everything into question for, for Machida, but a huge win for Derek Brunson only losing to Yoel Romero. And um, I want to say Robert Whitaker only has two losses in the UFC in the middleweight division. Big, big fight up next for him, for sure. So that was that card. We'll touch on a little bit of news here from the week. Dana White saying John Jones is unfixable. Jones has been uh, posting some stuff about training. Who knows where this is all going, but judging by uh, Dana continuing to trash him, my guess is things are not going to play out too well with the USADA situation. Um, But again, stay tuned to bjpen.com forward slash MMA news to stay up to date on all that that story as it develops, along with every story as they develop. Conor McGregor apologizes for uh, 
dropping that slur at UFC Poland. Also suggests he'll be negotiating for the fight with Tony Ferguson coming up soon and says that McGregor promotion should be involved in his next fight. Not sure how that's going to play out. However, the owners, you know, the, the people with WME, they really don't have much wiggle room when it comes to negotiating with Connor. They're probably going to have to give into that um, for sake of money because they all need money. They just spent a lot of money on a company. They need to make as much money as possible. It was also announced that there'll be UFC 220. We'll go down in Boston, baby. I'll be there for sure. As soon as that was announced, one you know one could assume that Connor would be on that card. Tough to say. I believe the TD Garden. I want to say it only holds like ten thousand people or eleven thousand people. I could be wrong on that, but. Uh, not sure if it's the type of venue for Connor. We all know he'll sell it out. I remember a couple of years ago, um, it was Connor, Dennis Seaver, and the TD Garden in Boston. And the New England Patriots were playing the AFC Championship game it, at Gillette Stadium. And Connor still sold out the TD Garden, packed to the brim. So it speaks volumes to his uh, star power and how the Irish come out in droves for him, Boston obviously being full of Irish people. Uh, So we'll see how that all plays out for my own sake. Hopefully they put together a really kick-ass card. Um, I know the last time the UFC was there with a pay-per-view, it was an incredible card. Their first trip to Boston, our own BJ Penn was featured on that card. Randy Couture, uh, it was stacked, you know, top to bottom. But again, I got all excited. They're coming back to Boston. I'll be at a UFC event in just a few months here. Huge fight card this weekend. UFC 217 going down Madison Square Garden. We're speaking to one of the featured bouts on that card. One of the gentlemen involved in that, Jorge Masvidal, obviously. Very stacked card from top to bottom. We're probably going to try to catch up with James Vick next week, assuming he gets past uh, Joe Duffy, which is the featured bout on the Fox Sports prelims. Honestly, stack card from top to bottom. Can't say enough about it. The three title fights, very compelling, all three. Firstly, will Joanna, Jan Jacek, be able to get past a very creative and very talented Rose Namajunas? Will the training between Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw, will that play out? How will that play out? in the cage on Saturday. Who's going to take that fight? Will it be the distance and the timing and the speed and all of those things that we've heard Dwayne Ludwig talk about working with TJ leading up to this fight? Or will it be the boxing and the speed and the timing of Cody Garbrandt? I mean, Joe Rogan has said that arguably the the best fight in bantamweight history would likely agree to that. I mean, honestly, very, very compelling matchup could quite possibly steal the show. If our good friend, Jorge Masvidal doesn't do that himself. And of course, Rose and, and Ioana, I mean, that has barn burner written all over it. And then in the main event, does GSP come back victorious 
after such a long layoff, moving up in weight. Did he really handpick Michael Bisping as an opponent, knowing that he would be able to defeat him? Or will Bisping be the bigger guy, the stronger guy? Speaking of Bisping, when we caught up with Jorge, it was before all this stuff came out that they had a run-in in the hotel lobby. You've heard Jorge discuss Bisping quite a bit on the show. I would have loved to have uh, discussed that with him. But, of course, I do not control time. So, nonetheless, by the way, big shout-out to Ibrahim Kawa for always and the, and the Kawa brothers for always being good to us here at BJPenn.com Radio. But anyway, I think that's enough of me ranting. Huge fight card this weekend. A lot of news that you can all catch up on at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. You guys know where to go. Everything you crave from the sport you love. One-stop shopping, bjpen.com. We have got you covered, guys. Without any further ado, let's jump right into it here. Kicking things off tonight, we are joined by Kobe Chaos Covington. Great conversation with him, as always. I know you guys will enjoy it. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Kinch. Coming up next, Colby, Chaos Covington. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show the man who is at the center of what seems to be all the headlines in MMA right now, coming off the biggest win of his career. Of course, I'm talking about our boy, Triple C, Colby Covington. Welcome back to the show, Colby. I'd imagine you're enjoying the enjoying life back in the States right now. Yeah, man. I'm glad I got out of that dump, man. It's good to be back in the States. <laughs> uh, so you went out, you did exactly what you said you were going to do. You went out there and beat Damian Maya in pretty dominant fashion. Have you had a chance to watch the fight over since you've returned? Pretty dominant. How much more dominant can you get? The guy quit in the third round. He was He was finished. The ref was about to stop it, but he said, no, I'm not going to stop it. There's just a couple of seconds left. We'll just leave him in a pile of blood. So that's something that Woodley couldn't do. So I haven't been able to watch the fight back, but, you know, I know I'm not going to be too happy but because, you know, it wasn't Woodley getting his, a pile of blood. So Woodley's next. <laughs> I have no doubt, man. Uh, the only offense he really got going uh, was some straight left punches in the first. He cut you with one of those lefts. But from there on, man, the fight was all yours. Were you at all surprised that the Brazilian judges actually gave you a 30-26 score? No, I wasn't surprised. You know, dude, I landed a lot of big shots. And, I mean, he came out in the first 30 seconds, and he landed one or two shots, you know, because, you know, I, I started slow. But, you know, once I got landed those shots, I woke up, and I was like, okay, we're in a fight. I'm not just here to, to, to dance around. So, you know, I, the, the judge just saw the piece of work that I did. I came forward, I dropped him repeatedly, I stunned him a couple of times, had him on his heels. Who's, who's, show Damian Maia's last 10 fights. Who's put Damian Maia on his heels? No one's put Damian Maia on his heels where he's backing up. I walked him down the whole fight. I made him look a lot worse than Tyron Woodley did. And Tyron Woodley should be next to me. I agree 100%. And it was one hell of a performance. It's just for me watching at home, uh, you know how the, the Brazilian judges tend to be a little biased towards their fighters. I was just really surprised that they gave you the 30-26. It was definitely earned, and rightfully so, but uh, for me that was a, you know, a tip of the hat for them to say, hey, you just beat the crap out of our guy. So it was refreshing to see that. Um, but you put on one hell of a pace, 
Damien clearly gassed out. Did you yourself feel any fatigue in there? No, not at all, man. That's, you know, I, I started slow. I, I was ready for, for 10 rounds if we had to go. You know, that the end of the third round, we got done. The ref pushed me off when he, when when, when uh, Damien was just about finished. And I was like, damn, man, I didn't really – I don't feel like I used all my energy up. You know, I didn't – I didn't fight as smart and as effective as, as I could have. I, I left a lot of gas in the tank, so I was kind of mad at myself. I, I feel like I could have done a lot more, and I could have I could have exerted a little bit more energy to get the finish. So, you know, I'm a little bit mad at myself, but that's experience going forward. Absolutely. And while you didn't get the finish as you had predicted and hoped for, at the same time, you did go out there and completely dominate him. Uh, but that being said, considering fatigue and the pace that you pushed, when did you feel him start to break? What round would you say? Uh, you know, I, I definitely noticed his will was broken after the first round. He found out that he couldn't take me down, and he he felt he felt my power. And, you know, he just backed up pretty much after that. So, you know, I looked in his eyes, come out the second round. I, he, he was a defeated man. He knew that the true king of the welterweight division was here now, and he knew he was in a tougher fight with me than he just was for the championship against Woodley. So, I definitely felt him break in the second, and that's when I should have got the finish. But experience going forward, and that'll help me and serve me well when I get my belt against Tyrone Woods. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he kept calling you to the ground after his failed takedown attempts. Were you at all tempted to follow him to the ground? Yeah, I was tempted. You know, I, I wanted to prove a point, you know, that I, I could roll with him on the ground. I could make him look like a bitch on the ground. His his submission skills aren't a threat to me. I, I train with the best guys in the world, and – I would have been prepared for that, but you know, I also wanted to make a statement to all my haters and say I'm just a wrestler. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to put on an exciting fight. You know, I predicted it before the fight. I said, hey, I'm going to put Damian Maia in the most exciting fight of his career. I'm going to walk him down. I'm going to beat him up, and that's exactly what I did. I'm a man of my word. The, the same goes for Tyron Woodley. I'm a man of my word. I'm telling you that I'm going to finish Ty- Tyron Woodley inside four rounds. He won't make it four rounds. Now, to, to stick with Damian here, we're definitely going to get to Tyron here, Tyron here shortly, but. Um, at the end of the fight, he was leaking blood pretty bad. Do you know what shot did that damage? I think it was a accumulation of a lot of shots. Uh, you know, I hit him with a lot of shots, a lot of straight shots, a lot of jabs, a lot of overhands, a couple kicks. I landed like two kicks on his face that were pretty good. But, you know, I, I put some really heavy ground and pound in that third round, like loading up on those shots. And I had a lot of power left because I hadn't really used much of my gas tank i'd only you know i, I was still three quarters full you know I, I needed to go another three or four rounds to really get me tired but i noticed you know he was just about finished in that third round he was ready to go and he was about to be knocked out but you know the bell saved him so i think those last couple shots really opened him up and made him start leaking blood well as you predicted you talked about you know putting him into retirement it seems that he's been talking about that kind of stuff this week uh possible retirement so as you, everything that you've said has come true so far. But in retrospect, I know you said that you do kind of respect the guy. Uh, would you hate to see him go at this point, or do you think he's got a couple more fights left in him? No, he's done, man. Like I said before the fight, you know, I'm going to retire the guy. And, you know, seeing him backstage, he was a mess, man. He was all concussed and all cut up and laying on the table backstage in Brazil. Man, we were in the same uh the, the room getting checked up and he was a mess man laying on the table he could barely even talk he wasn't really coherent he was messed up man so you know I think the guy needs to retire you know I put him into retirement like I said I was going to do and I'm going to do the same thing to Tyrone Woodley I'm going to put him into retirement so, so as you said of last week on the show the fans were not going to want to miss the promo you, you were going to cut after the fight and based on everything that's happened since you were very correct my friend 
was the plan all along to go out there and, and address the Brazilian fans in that way? Uh, yeah, that was the plan all along. You know, the, you know, I'm a, I'm a realist. People want to call me a, a racist. I'm a realist, man. I speak the real. Yeah, you know, that's something I wanted to touch on here in a minute because I think that you're getting an unfair amount of blowback. But uh, you said this week that Leota Machida had confronted you backstage. Could you give us some more details on that and, and what exactly happened? Yeah, man, Leota Machida's a joke, man. He's picking a fight with the wrong guy, dude. He could have got knocked out backstage too, man, but he wanted to save that for about 10 seconds later when he got knocked out by Brunson. But, you know, as soon as I walked backstage through the curtains, Leota Machida and his team are screaming at me, oh, fuck you, I, fuck you, you disrespect my country, so fuck you, I'll kill you. I'm just like, what the fuck, you're letting your emotions go off, off of me, dude? Like, you have a fight, a main event fight, you're about to walk out to at this second, and you're worried about screaming at me. You should worry about yourself in your own fight, and that's why you're a loser. Leota Machida is a true loser, I'm a winner. Now, as we had discussed uh, earlier here, the blowback from your comments, pretty well documented at this point a lot of fighters and a lot of fans they've had some harsh words for you however like we discussed after the fight right after the fight I think people need to realize that that you're doing exactly what you set out to do and that's generate interest in a title fight and get that shot at Tyron Woodley I'm sure you would agree that everything is pointing in that direction now yeah it, it only makes sense that me and Tyron Woodley for the world championship first quarter of next year in St. Louis Missouri Tyrone Woodley needs me. Tyrone Woodley is not a likable guy. He fights like shit. He's boring. No one wants to see him fight unless he's fighting a guy like me, who a lot of people hate. All of Brazil hates me, you know, so, you know, he needs me. He needs a bad guy where people are going to team up on his side and actually believe in him and want to root for him because no one wants to root for Tyrone Woodley. That guy's not a draw. He's a joke. So he needs Colby Chaos Covington versus Tyrone Woodley in St. Louis first quarter of next year. Now, the the comparison that, you, that you've just drawn there is exactly what I wanted to talk about next. Uh, another thing that I think that people are missing here and they're forgetting is that Chael Sonnen, arguably the first fighter to ever really utilize that bad guy persona, said some pretty harsh things about Brazil in recent years or past years. However, you know, times have changed. The public has become a lot more sensitive about stuff like this. Do you think that the anger towards your statements is warranted considering that you aren't the first guy to do this kind of thing? No, they're not warranted at all. You know, you got all these fighters, these UFC champions and bullshit, you know, trying to come out saying that I'm a racist and this and that. It's, just, it's a joke, man. When, when did I ever say racism? This is realism. So, you know, uh, whatever they want to think, whatever. If I'm getting that kind of reaction and draw out of them, I'm sorry for them. They're just At the end of the day, all these people are jealous. They see my future. They see how young I am in the game. They see that I'm taking the game over. This is my game now. And just like I predicted, I predicted this, that I would take the game over and, th- and I'd be in control of the game. And I am. I got fighters mad. I got promoters mad. I got countries mad. I got the world mad. I got everybody right where I want them at, the, at my fingertips. Yeah, I'd, like I said after the fight, man, you're doing a hell of a job at this. And I think a lot of guys could take uh, take notes from your playbook here. But, you know, to stick with Chael Sonnen, you mentioned that Tyrone needs a bad guy. Chael Sonnen was that to Anderson Silva. And, of course, those two fights generated a lot of interest, big numbers, big paydays for both those guys. Do you kind of feel like you are Tyron Woodley's Chael Sonnen at this point? 
Yeah, Chael Sonnen was the original bad guy, you know. So, you know, he, that's nothing new to this sport. You know, there's going to be bad guys and villains, and, and there's going to be good guys. So, yeah, I do feel like I would be that guy for Tyrone Woodley. He needs a Chael Sonnen, you know. He needs a guy that's going to push him over, and I'm the guy that can do that. If he if he can get through me, which there's about a 0% chance. He has a better shot to hit the Powerball than beat me in a fight. But if he would have beat me, that's what would make him a true champion, it would put him over because no one likes him. He's boring. No one wants to see him fight. But, you know, against someone like Kobe Chaos Covington, they might want to see him beat me because not a lot of people like me because they know I am the new king of the UFC. So, you know, I do think Pyro Woodley meets me more than I need him. Oh, for sure. And and I think that regardless of, of win or loss, I just think that it is an interesting comparison that he does need that villain, that bad guy, to really generate some interest in his fighting because based on his past couple performances – the, uh, the the public and the fans are not really on board with him at this point. Uh, but, the, you know, the biggest I, – I, I know that earlier this week you said that there's clicks in the gym and, and only – the only guys that you care about at this point are Jorge and Dan Lambert. Jorge has come to your defense in recent days. What has the reaction been from Dan Lambert after all this controversy? Uh, you know, his reaction is he knows I'm the future. He, he's accepted me that he knows I am the new king. And I run this now. You know, he, he stays out of it for the most part. You know, he, he lets his fighters, you know, do their thing. You know, every, everybody has their own characteristics. They have their own, you know, character that they are in life. You know, he's not going to hate on me for, for for liking Trump or liking Hillary, whoever I like, which I don't stand to politics, but just making a comparison. Yeah. He's not going to fault me for, for picking one side of the field if I want to be a bad guy or I want to be a good guy. He's going to support me because that's what a true manager does and a true gym owner, that's what they do. They support their fighter no matter what. So Dan likes it. He loves what I'm doing. He's a part of it. We're a team, and we're taking over, man. We're gonna, Once we win this world title and take over the UFC, we're, we're going to pro wrestling, man. Me and Dan Lambert, we're going to be the biggest heels in pro wrestling and the UFC together. Yeah, I was. I wanted to talk about pro, pro wrestling. I guess I'll touch on that now. Uh, considering all of this controversy, you being in the headlines, I mean, the stuff that you said after the fight and the performance – has done, you know, strides, taken strides for you to get into that spotlight. Do you think that that's all going to transition well into the pro wrestling world? Absolutely, man. I mean, the thing about the pro wrestling world is died down a lot. Like, a lot of the pro wrestling is just watered down. You know, they don't they don't have any personalities, any, any characters like they used to have back in the day where it was The Rock, Stone Cold, you know, these good personalities. It's watered down. They need someone like me. They need someone like Dan Lambert. They need our promo skills. They need the angle of us from MMA to pro wrestling. So definitely I think that, you know, we're going to take over the UFC and we're going to take over the WWE simultaneously. We're, we're taking over everything. Everything we kept take foot on, <laughs> we take <laughs> No, 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 no. I know what you're saying, man. I I know that that's been uh that's been a goal for you at this point. When we talked last week, you said that was on the agenda, take over pro wrestling as well. But you know, I was just interested to know if all the heat that you're getting over this stuff with Brazil, if you think that that's going to trans translate into pro wrestling in regards to you being an even better heel in the pro wrestling world. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to translate perfect, man. It's exactly what they're looking for. It's what everybody's looking for. You know, I am a true heel now. Like, there's there's not a bigger hated man in MMA than me. I am the true heel. I'm the true supervillain. So, you know, I do think it'll translate well over to pro wrestling, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, now, just to stick with uh, the controversy and the gym stuff here for a moment, the biggest revelation to come out of all of this is that Ricardo Laborio has decided to leave ATT, and he condemned your actions. What was your relationship like with Ricardo, and do you have any regret over him leaving the team now? That guy's a joke, man. I don't even know why we're talking about him. He's irrelevant. The only reason we're talking about him is because he's trying to use my name to get talked about. The funny thing is, is the true story of that is that he was left, he left ATT two or three years ago. Uh, Dan Lambert, you know, he was collecting paychecks from Dan Lambert at ATT, and he wasn't doing anything. He was supposed to be coming in, helping guys at ATT. He wasn't helping anybody. He was just doing his own thing, flying around, getting his own brand like he's trying to do. He's just trying to promote himself. He's just... He's the biggest little little slime ball trying to promote himself. So he's just using my my success to promote his brand and put him over as a good guy in Brazil because I am the most talked about man in Brazil. I'm I'm trending. I, everybody's talking about Colby Covington. So he's just trying to get his name out there by using my success. But the guy's a slime ball. He's been gone from ATT for two years. It has nothing to do with him leaving ATT with my success last weekend in Brazil. Okay. All right. We'll we'll leave it there. It's just something I wanted to get your opinion on. Um, so, has anybody else from ATT reached out in support or anger towards you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, all these guys, Amanda Nunes, you know, uh, all these people are all mad. You know, the Brazilians are all mad and upset. You know, whatever, man. Like that's your problem, not my problem. I'm not here to make friends or make people happy or not. If you don't like me, you don't like me. Yeah. It is what it is. That's how a bad guy is. You don't have to like me. I don't care. I'm still taking over. I'm still taking the belt. I'm still going to beat up that ass kisser, Tyrone Woodley. He's an <laughs> ass kisser. I'm an ass kicker. He's over. He's out, he's over there making these B-list movies in Hollywood that go straight to DVD. The only thing that's going to make him famous is if he fights me in St. Louis. Well, like I said, man, I think that you are that guy uh, to to bring bring both of you guys to the top, to the pinnacle of the sport and to generate all that interest and hype uh, leading into this fight, which I know will be an eventuality. Um, but when do you plan on going back to the gym? Do you think that there's going to be some uncomfortable interactions when you get there? Or should these people understand that you're just doing your best to promote yourself and get what you want? Uh, I'm going to go back in like two weeks. You know, I got to go up to New York this weekend, and then I'm going to go do some filming with Impact Wrestling. Where I'm going out to the Bound for Glory. Make sure you all check out Bound for Glory on pay-per-view, the Impact Wrestling season's end. It's going to be Stephen Bonner and Moose versus King Mo and Bobby Lashley. It's going to be a sick match. Don't miss that. Bound for Glory on pay-per-view. I'm going to go out there and do some filming for the next season show, 10 week of filming. It'll be 10 weeks of filming filmed in a week out in Ottawa, Canada, so I'll be in Canada. And then and then I'll head back to American Top Team after that. And, you know, I have my group of, of training partners, my group of friends, my group of coaches, and I've always stuck true to them. But, you know, if some of my teammates, if they have a problem the way I'm going about my business, then that's their problem, not my problem. I don't care if people like me. That I don't, I'm not in this to have people like me. I represent American Top Team. I represent... Dan Lambert, I represent the team, I love the team, but I'm not in this, I don't, I'm not going to fake these friendships, if they don't like me, then that's their problem, not mine. For, for sure, sure, for sure. So looking ahead now, you've got the stuff with uh, Impact Wrestling coming up, your master plan is unfolding here, uh, very quickly Colby, but Tyron Woodley, he's had a lot to say about you this week, he's called you Cotton Fist, among other things, you've asked for the fight in his hometown, as you've repeated here uh, tonight, but... Do you think that he's actually going to agree to take the fight now that you're becoming a big name in the sport? 
he'd be stupid not to. It'd be the biggest opportunity of his career. He's a joke, man. He's acting like he can go up to middleweight and get this Bisping-St-Pierre fight. It's not going to happen, man. Whitaker's up there as the interim champ, so they're going to do that. Woodley needs to stop being scared, man. At the end of the day, he's just acting scared. I don't think he's going to take the fight. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be Dana White and the UFC having to force him to take the fight with me because at the end of the day, man, he knows what happened last time we trained, Jason. It wasn't even competitive. He was done inside three rounds. He was quit. He was dog-tired. Same thing happened in the UFC fight. He's not going to make it three rounds. He won't make it to the championship rounds because he's a chump. He doesn't. He won't make it to the championship rounds. So, you know, he, he, he has no heart to fight me. So I don't think he's going to take the fight. But, you know, I, I hope he does because I'll be the one to retire him. Now, has there been any talk from the UFC? I know that there's been some statements that they weren't happy about your your post, your post-fight interview. But aside from that, with all the interest you've been generating throughout this, has there been any talk from the UFC that are they saying, hey, this is the fight to make now? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk, you know. It is the fight to make. Everybody knows that it's the fight to make. There's real legitimate bad blood between me and Tyrone Woodley. This isn't a promoting. This isn't no fake stuff. This is the real thing. Me and Tyrone Woodley hate each other. If I see that dude in public, it's not. It's going to be a fist fight then and there. Like, I'm not, I'm not holding back. Like, that guy talks so much shit, saying confidence, saying this and that. Dude, I just beat the shit out of Damian Maya ten times worse than you did, and I did it in three rounds, and you did it in five rounds. Dude, you fought Damian Maya on four weeks' notice. You didn't even give him a training camp. I gave Damian Maya three months, and I still did that to him. The dude's a fake. He knows this is my division now. He's got nowhere to fucking run and hide anymore. I'm taking my belt. Tyrone Woodley, the ass-kisser Woodley versus Colby Chaos Covington in St. Louis, Missouri, first quarter of next year. Let's go. <laughs> For sure, man. I'd love to see it. I really hope that that all comes to fruition. Uh, you talked about how you already broke him in the gym. Um, skill for skill, how confident are you that you could beat Woodley based on not only getting him tired, but matching up skill for skill, the the the, um, the background that you have with him training? How confident are you that, that you can that you could be just as dominant as you were over Damien? Oh, I'll be more dominant over a guy like Woodley because he's a breaker. You know what a breaker is? A breaker is someone who has no heart, no will, who can't go deep in the championship rounds. You see the way he fights. He backs up. He fights, throws the least amount of strikes in a fight. Dude, all I have to do, fight him a little bit in the clinch, kick him in the leg a little bit, some, some low kicks. He'll slow down, and then I'll just pick him apart on the feet. I'll knock him out cold. Honestly, I'll put that guy unconscious in the ring. The guy's a joke. Skill for skill. He can't box with me. He can't wrestle with me. He can't jujitsu with me. He can't MMA with me. The guy's a joke, and he's going to try to delay the process as long as he can because he knows that once he signs a dotted line with me, that's the end of Tyrone Woodley. Colby Chaos Covington is here now. Now, I'm sure you're going to need a few weeks to heal up with the stitches, but realistically, when are you expecting to get back to training? I know you said a couple weeks here, but when do you, when do you actually expect to be preparing for your next fight? I'll be, I'm already prepared, you know, I, I didn't have no post-fight celebration, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do no post-fight celebration until I get my belt, because that's my belt, so, you know, I'm already back in training, I, I just got a, a good little warm-up from Damian Maya, so, I'm already back training right now, I'm ready to fight next month, man, whenever Tyron Woodley wants to do this, we could do this in November, December, but I'm hoping for January, February, because I know he's crying about having his little fucking pussy hurt, so, something with like his shoulder or something but really it's just his pussy's hurting but hopefully you know january february me and tyrone woodley are getting at it but i'm prepared to go whenever okay 
So if they don't offer you Woodley, I'd imagine that you're only going to settle for a title eliminator or is Woodley or maybe an interim title. Are those the only two fights that you're going to take at this point? Yeah, 100%. It doesn't make sense to fight anybody but Tyrone Woodley or, you know, like I said before, I'll get an interim title and I'll bitch slap Tyrone Woodley with the interim title. So, you know, we could do this if Robbie Lawler and RDA, the winner of that, wants to do it. That's the only thing that makes sense, man. But Tyrone Woodley, it, it, it makes most sense only for Woodley. He just fought Damian Maia. He wasn't impressive. Worst title fight in history. Least amount of strikes thrown. I just completely ended Damian Maia's career in his backyard of Brazil with all the Brazilian fans chanting, I'm the most hated guy in Brazil right now. I'm hot. Tyrone Woodley needs me. For sure. For sure, man. So I guess in conclusion, for all the fans out there that are supporting you throughout all this controversy, and for all the people out there that want to see you fail, man, what's your message What's your message for both? My message for both is enjoy the ride. I know all you haters, you want to, you want to talk about the past, you want to say this and that, but you just, you're, so, you're so intimidated by my future. This is why you say that. You know I am the future of this division. I'm taking over the division. I'm about to be a three-weight world champion, and nothing's going to stop me. And try and get someone like Tyrone Woodley. I dare him. Three-way world champ, but what, what, what's the goals here? Are you planning to move up, move down? What, what's the future for you in regards to three-way world titles? Uh, you know, I, I always like to do the, the more challenging title first, so I'll probably go up to 85 first and take Bisman's title, and then after I take Bisman's title, I'll go down to lightweight and beat up Conor McGregor. He's a joke, man. That guy's little and tiny, and I can make 55. So, you know, I'm looking at three titles right now. Really? You're not a small dude. You You can make 55? You're confident you can make 155? Oh, yeah, for sure. 70 is not even a hard cut. It's easy, man. I don't even really cut weight. I don't use plastics. I just I show up on fight day. I just don't eat for like 10 hours, which is nothing. Wow. Well, certainly a bright future, man. Uh, a lot of really cool things on the horizon and a lot of potential for some great fights and uh, some awesome paydays for you. It's been a hell of a ride so far working with you, man. I look forward to the future. In conclusion... What would you do to what would you say to Tyron to encourage him to sign on that dotted line and take this fight in St. Louis? Tyron Woodley, you need you need to stop being a fake kiss ass. You're over in Hollywood kissing all these celebrities' ass. You need to stop going to those B list movies that are going straight to D V D. The only thing that's gonna make you famous and put you over to the fans and to the UFC and to the world is if you fight me, Colby Chaos Covington, in St. Louis, Missouri. You need me, motherfucker. I'm coming to take what's mine. You got my belt. Hold on to it and shine it up for me before I come and get it. <laughs> All right, Kobe. Always a pleasure, my man. Awesome stuff this weekend. I know you're catching a lot of heat, but as I said, I think that you're playing this villain role like a boss. Keep it up, bro. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Uh, big shout-out to Dan Lambert, my manager, American Top Team. Uh, John Hartnett, huge shout-out to John Hartnett. He's helped me so much with, with everything that's going on. And, uh, you know, big thanks to my team, American Top Team, and uh, Miley Restaurant in St. Louis. Ironically, they both sponsor me and Tyrone Woodley. It's kind of a weird, small world and how things work out. And now I'm about to take over Woodley, and, and the sponsor's going to know who the true number one welterweight in the world is. So, yeah, thanks to them. And, and thanks to BJ Penn, as always. I appreciate you guys putting my voice out there. Much love, guys. All right, brother. Much love to you as well. We'll catch, again. We'll catch up again soon. And uh, looking forward to the future, bro. Uh, have a wonderful evening, my friend. All right, have a good night, man. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. There you have it, Penn Nation. The man they call chaos, Colby Covington. Fired up as always. Plenty to say. A lot on his mind.
as usual. Again, you heard me talk about it a few times there. I really think, like I said in the top of the show, backlash is warranted. I understand why Brazilians are upset, rightfully so. But I think we all need to recognize what Kobe's doing here. I mean, look at him. He's, he, like he said, he's trending. The guy's the hottest topic in MMA right now. And he wouldn't have been had he just given a very generic post-fight speech. So, always a good convo with him. Very interesting to hear that he plans to go up and go down and become a three-weight world champ. Um, see if that's possible. I think he's probably a little undersized for 185, but who am I to say? Um, 155, if he can make that weight, that'd be a fight I'd be very interested in, whoever the champion is. Uh, just Colby's wrestling credentials alone. Very tough fight for anybody. Uh, so will he get the fight with Tyron in St. Louis? Time will tell, that's for sure. But considering that uh, Tyron has been addressing him directly after this weekend and all of the hype and, and hate and the spotlight, all of these things that are going on for Colby right now, he's definitely in a in prime position uh, to, to get into that, into that title shot, along with his good friend, who will be our last guest of the evening, Jorge Masvidal. But coming up next, as I said earlier, all three of these guys intertwine. Emil Mech, Valhalla, the modern-day Viking. He's set to face Kamara Usman. Kamara Usman wants to fight with Kobe, as does everybody at 170 at this point want to fight with Kobe. We're going to talk to him about the possibility of the fight falling through, what his initial reaction was to all of the stuff being said by Kamaru. As I mentioned, we're going to get the inside scoop and much more. Cool convo with the guy. First time speaking with him, as I said earlier. I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you guys do as well. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Kinch, as you guys know. Coming up next, Emil Valhalla Mech. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome welcome to the show the man they call Valhalla, Emil Mech. Thanks for taking the time to join us today, Emil. How is life in Norway right now? I'd imagine it's getting pretty cold up there. Yeah, it's getting super cold there uh, and dark. It's like you you wake up and it's dark and you go to the gym and then you go out and then it's dark again. So. so as I was just asking you there, man, you talked about how uh, it's dark when you go into the gym, it's dark when you come out. Is it similar to Alaska where you have uh, prolonged periods of darkness, like 24 hours? Yeah, uh, it's uh, um, fortunately for me, I'm a little, little down south in Norway, in, in Oslo, and uh, but, but yeah, it's getting darker and darker and darker. So it will be good to go to Vegas. I go December first uh, to get some. I don't know how much sun it is, but at least it's not dark all the time. <laughs> yeah, even with daylight savings time, you'll get plenty of sunshine in Las Vegas. That's for sure. Uh, so you're going there December 1st, I'd imagine. Is that to complete your training there and, and get kind of acclimated and used to the time, time difference? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's, um, you know, it's a problem here in Norway because it's such a small sport, and we're so reliant on every training partner we with every day. And uh, Christmas is a holiday, so the closer we're getting to that, the less people's gonna be at the gym. People leave, people go home, people do everything, and uh, so it's good for me to just take away that focus, go to Vegas, do everything I can possibly in my heart and mind and everything to uh, to win that fight and uh, to just have no distraction whatsoever. And uh, I've been there over training before. Uh, I'm going to work with uh, Robert Follis and Dewey Cooper uh, and Extreme Couture. So it's going to be, be a good camp for me. Very good. Uh, one of the best coaches in the business there, Ray Seffo, in my opinion. You get to work with him as well? Uh, he's, uh, he's working with the team over at Extreme, so definitely probably be a part of it too. Cool, cool. So as you mentioned there, I know it's hard for a lot of European guys to find good training partners because the sport isn't that big there yet. Uh, have you considered maybe relocating or moving stateside uh, in order to further your career? Um, of course, that's always like a, a open question. Uh, I really like it here, though, uh, in, in Norway and in Oslo here. Uh, we're training at uh, Frontline Academy, which uh, has uh, several really, really good fighters. And the great coaching and, and everything is good um, when everybody's there. So, um, so I, I definitely like it here. I don't think you need a super gym or... or um, super team to um, to um, get better at your sport as long as you work correctly with the good partners and uh, and uh, um, take responsibility for your own progress absolutely and not to mention it's uh it's very good for you as a proud countryman of Norway to stay in your to stay in your home and and to build on that fan base that you have back home uh, so yeah I, that's true I really like it though so will be sad to move, but maybe it's necessary in a while. Yeah. Well, only time will tell, my friend. So, you're currently 1-0 in the UFC. You've gained quite a bit of momentum with just one fight in the promotion. I'd imagine you have some pretty diehard support already in Norway, right? Yeah. Uh, we're. Uh, it's hard for you guys to see, but, you know, I'm getting this sport into the mainstream media. I'm getting it to, like... Good morning, uh, America. Only it's Norway, and and you know the all uh, talk shows and everything. So it's, it's really, really, really good here here in Norway, and getting it like to the out to the living room for normal families for for everything. So um, so it's fun to be a part of the mainstream media and being on the MMA fighter. It's not a lot of people that manage to do that outside of of um, yeah, you know, in the UFC and everything. Yeah, well, it's not, it's, it sounds like you're single-handedly uh, breaking into a new market for the UFC. Would that sound accurate? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Okay. Now, it, it, it seems pretty common for the UFC to get behind an athlete that brings an entire country with them when they compete, uh, and as we just talked about, breaking into a new market. Do you feel that way as well? Do you feel that the UFC is uh, getting behind you uh, in order to do this? Um, I think they, like... Uh, I, I've proven that I can fight, and I proved that I do a good show, and I've proven that uh, I'll get a lot of eyes on me. So, and uh, the, but for the UFC, the most important part is that I can fight. So, 
when they're putting me up against uh, Kamaru Usman, who is uh, ranked number 11, or maybe now 12, I heard. Um, it just shows that uh, they have faith in me and that I they feel like I belong up there. So it's it's uh, it's good. I Absolutely. like it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Absolutely. And it, it's cool to see another guy. Uh, you seem to be a very likable character, and, and not to mention uh, you know, breaking into that new market. It's nice to see them get behind another athlete in this manner. But let's talk about everything that's going on with you, man. You're scheduled to fight Kamara Usman in December at UFC 219. However, after Kobe Covington made headlines on Saturday, Kamaru saying that he wants that the UFC wants him to fight Kobe. What was your initial reaction to all this stuff? Well, he was talking a lot of shit about like people ducking fights, and he talked about me not showing up there, and I think that's bullshit. Uh, I have all the respect in the world for Kamaru as an athlete, and I even hung out with him in uh, in Glasgow um, uh, to the UFC there. Uh, so. You know, I think it's weird that he's talking about ducking people when he's trying to avoid the fights with me. Yeah, and 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 I, the ducking thing is something I wanted to get to here in a moment. But do, I know you you've you posted some pretty funny stuff on Twitter so far. But do you really think that the UFC has offered Kamaro the fight, or is he just playing the game and trying to get Kobe to jump on board here? He, he was playing the game and. Um... And uh, the reporters that did those interviews did a shitty job with the follow-up questions, for sure. Why, Why do you say that? that? Because they were like, oh, really? Did they? Like, they bought it right away. So, bad reporting. Fake, fake news, news, right? Yeah, fake news. <laughs> <laughs> now, no, I know you... Yeah. Uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I'm done. I'm good. Okay. Well, I, I know that you've posted, as we just talked about, you posted those videos of ducks and saying that Kamaro is ducking you. All pretty funny stuff, in my opinion. Um, you've also said that you're a harder fight for Kamaro than Kobe would be. Can you elaborate on that? Um, you know, you can see, like, what's, what's Kobe going to do? He's going to sprawl you to death. Right. And I'm going to punch you to death. So it's it's like, yeah. I, I think Colby is a good uh, wrestler, and, uh, you know, it, it, but to see how limited the striker was with uh, uh, grappler like Damien Maya, he got to brawl with him for three rounds. Like, he should have been able to finish that, I guess, uh, since the fight got kept standing. Uh, and uh, I, I just feel like I'm a real threat. Uh, you know, if I connect with any of my punches, people are going down. And uh, I'm got tremendous heart in cardio and I will never give up until there uh, and you know I'm a hard guy to finish and um you know that's why I think I'm a tough fight okay so on the flip side of that obviously you're saying that that you are a better striker you're you have a lot of power uh in your striking as well you're a very dangerous opponent for Kamaru but on the flip side of that Kamaru would probably say, well, you're not going to have the wrestling credentials that a guy like Colby has. What would your response to that be? And do you think that you have the kind of wrestling defense that it would take to get past a guy like Kamaru? There's people who have been trying to take me down for a few fights now. Uh, last of them was Polaris. Didn't go so well. Okay, fair enough. So I, I'd imagine you're very confident in your ability to stop the takedown. And yeah, absolutely. I'm working with top-level wrestlers, too. Like, uh, Jack Hermanson is a tremendous wrestler. And, of course, I'm going to work on my wrestling. 
uh, in preparation for this fight, not like specifically to that I am. Like Kamaru is a talented, super strong, monstrous athlete. I'm not taking him anything away from him. Uh, I just feel like I'm well prepared for this. I got good hips and and uh, good sprawls. Okay. okay, and as you mentioned, going to well, extreme well, couture. My my go-to in the, my whole career. So it's. Yeah, and and going to work with Extreme Couture, all the great wrestlers that are there obviously lends itself to to you improving in that regard as well. Um, but how upset would you be if the UFC actually canceled your fight to give Kamaru Kobe? I personally feel like it would be pretty unethical. Would you agree with that? I feel well, that would definitely destroy my entire world. Uh, if they, I I can't see how they possibly can do that doing the contracts and doing everything and just and there is they, they have never done that before right um I, I you know off the top of my head i can't think of any time that they've done that but i, I think that would be batshit crazy if they did i would agree with you i would consider it to be very very unethical and uh not only a slap in the face to you but all of your fans as well um so hopefully that is not the case but a fight with kamaru it's very important for you in regards to climbing the ranks and I'm sure that with an impressive win over him, that'd put you right in the mix with the elite of welterweight. You would agree with that, of course. Yeah, so, yeah and that's that, that's my that's my main focus. Uh, that's like what I wake up to every day. I I've written a number eleven over my bed when I go to bed, and I wake up and I see the same number, and I'm just like continuously grinding on to to be number eleven in the world and and beat that guy so I can fight the very best fighters in the UFC. I didn't come to uh, the UFC. I didn't fight my ass off my entire life just to uh, fight the middle guys in the UFC. I want to be on the very top. I want to push my limits. I want to uh, fight the best guys. And I feel like every time I excel, it's uh, when I fight the very best guys. When I fight Polaris, I fought uh, like I was the best Emil I ever been, and I fought Jordan Me, and I was the best me I ever been because as the level of competition steps up, I'm also upping my game. For sure, for sure. And, you know, it, with his ranking, as we talked about, it'd be very, very good for you. A big a big performance would put you right in the mix. But we've seen some weird stuff happen with the rankings in, in recent weeks, recent months even. What do you think would happen if you were to beat him in impressive fashion? Would you just take that number 11 spot? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that how it works? Well, you would hope so, but sometimes that's not the case. You know, if you've got a loss to a guy or whatever the case is, but... With your record in the UFC so far, I think you should take that 11 spot as well. Um, so, no doubt in your mind, your next fight would be a top 10 opponent, right? Very good. That's my goal. Very good. Now, if Kamara was to fall through, has there been any discussion of a replacement at this point? No. Okay. If if you were given the choice, if if he was to fall out of this fight... Who would you pick? Who would be the most ideal opponent for you right now? Oh, that's a hard question. Uh, I've always been, like, since I, ever since I got signed with the UFC, uh, I've been pushing to fight Maya, actually. Um, other than that, of course, Colby. He got his number three now, and he can't strike. So, even though one look. Okay. Okay, not so happy with that answer. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it makes sense to me, man. But unfortunately, it seems like Damien might be retiring now. 
Um, yeah. What, what did I you think? I would do that if I were his age. Yeah, you you would agree with his decision to retire at this point. Okay. He had his, he had his shot and he he worked his ass off to get it. Uh, he had his shot and and now it's a long way back, uh, off to the top and all those top ten guys are totally killers and and younger. Uh, and this is a young man's sport. I can't you can't argue with that. Um, no matter how much routine you have or whatever it is you have and and. Uh, you know, it's a young man's sport, and, and the most athletic and talented and fresher fighter will will eventually win the fights. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I think very rarely do you see, you know, there are old dogs that stay in this game like a Dan Henderson and so forth, but very rarely do you see those guys have success at a high level. So uh, I agree with you there, hundred <laughs> percent. Now, if you were to break into the top ten, if if you are to come out of this fight unscathed. When would you like a, another fight? When would you like to turn around and potentially break into that top ten with another opponent? What would be the date um, for you? As, as soon as uh, the opportunity presents itself, um, I'm also uh, a preparation guy, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I feel like that's one of the, my best abilities is to adjust and prepare for my opponents and uh, just to, like... Uh, program myself to do whatever it is I have to do to beat that guy uh, and I feel like the longer fight camps I have the better the better I will get, um, come on top of it so so it sounds like you're a game plan guy at the end of the day yeah I, I just uh, I feel like I that's that's what I do best like preparation and and do like all the hard work not only the four weeks before or the six weeks before but like ten weeks before I'm I'm already doing my shit and and getting better at every every single point. Now that that being said, I, I think you see a lot of opportunities in this sport where you get a chance to step in on last minute as a last minute replacement for someone to get that big opportunity. Um, considering that you are a game plan guy, is that something that you would try to stay away from at this point, or you uh, have to take those it opportunities? It depends on the opportunity for sure. Uh, yeah, it depends on the opportunity. If it's a big opportunity, if it's a big name, of course you're gonna step in. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie and say anything else. Okay, okay. fair enough, fair enough. Um, so listen, man, what can all the fans do out there to make sure that this fight stays booked and make sure that you fight Kamara Usman on December nineteenth? You know, yeah, this like it shouldn't be a fucking. This it shouldn't be anything they should do uh, or not do because if. You know, they they just can't do that. They just can't remove the fight. And I, they haven't said a single word to me. And that means uh, in my head that uh, all the stuff about Kamaru's talking, it's just about lining up a new fight after me. Oh, hey, I, lo I lost you there for a second, bud. Where you lost, lost me? Where uh, you, you were <laughs> saying that uh, should should this fight fall through, um, you know you don't think that they can do that. You think that uh, he's trying to line up uh, another fight for himself going forward. Yeah, that's basically it. Okay. So uh, I don't think uh, like it would be it would be absolutely insane if the UFC pulled this card. It, it didn't even cross my head uh, that they actually would do that. Uh, I think it's just. Kamaru playing the media and playing uh, playing the crowd and trying to get uh, uh, 
his number three ranked fight for himself. Do you think he's looking past you at this point? Um, <laughs> funny question, because either he is, and he's going to pay for it, or he's just trying to make me believe that he's looking past me. Either way, it's not working. <laughs> All right, awesome, man. Listen, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, I look forward to it again, and hopefully we can catch up when the fight draws near. Um, you've got a you've got a great style, a lot of good things going for you, man, and I see a very bright future for you in this sport. In conclusion, give us your prediction for the fight, and how do you see it all playing out? Will we see you in the top 10 in early 2018? Sorry, one more time. Last one. Uh, in conclusion, give us your prediction for the fight. How do you see this all playing out? I see it as uh, tough and grueling fights as uh, as they usually are, and uh, fight of the night bonus for both of us, and uh, with me victoriously. Okay, very good. Any shout outs you'd like to get in before we let you go, man? Uh, absolutely. Like my my team here at uh, in Oslo, uh, Frontline Academy, and all the guys that's gonna come with me to Vegas. We have rented a fucking big mansion. And uh, we're going to stay there and have fun and, and do our trainings. Um, founded by my sponsor, BetSafe, and uh, Protein Fabrican, so it's going to be awesome. Wow, so it sounds like instead of a Mac mansion, there's going to be a Valhalla mansion. Yes, sir. That's right. Ah, all right, man. I love it. All it right, so again. Be, it might be toned down a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, we're getting there eventually. For sure, man. Like I said, the future is bright for you. I'm certainly looking forward to it, and I hope, uh, again, I hope we can catch up before the fight. Greatly appreciate the time tonight, Emil. All right, Penn Nation, there you have it. Modern Day Viking, Emil Valhalla. Badass nickname, by the way, in my personal opinion. Hopefully that fight doesn't fall through. It'd be a shame if it did. And also probably unprecedented in that the UFC would really be sticking it to a guy uh, that is bringing in a whole new market uh, for them to capitalize on. So as we talked about there, you tend to see a push from the company, uh, from a guy that can bring in a brand new market. As he said, he's doing Norway's version of Good Morning America and uh, trying to break into that market and, and uh, broaden the scope of the sport that we love of mixed martial arts. But let's not waste any time. We'll get right into it. Our final guest of the evening, good friend of the show, Gamebred himself, Jorge Masvidal. Big fight this weekend, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. We're going to preview the fight, talk a little bit about Madison Square Garden. Of course, we're going to talk about his teammate and good friend, partner in crime, Colby Covington, all of the controversy surrounding him right now. And as I said at the top of the show, unfortunately, we did not talk to uh, Jorge after his run-in with Michael Bisping today uh, in the hotel lobby. So, unfortunately, we did not get to cover that. But I have no doubt that after a big win over the weekend, get him back on the show next week, and we will probably discuss that he did run in with the guy who seems to be becoming his arch nemesis at this point, Michael Bisping. They're not even the same weight class, but, boy, do I have a lot of interest in seeing that fight happen eventually. So, again... Coming up next, Jorge Masvidal. I'm your host, Kinch. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Enjoy our final guest of the evening, helping us close things out, Gamebred himself. 
Penn Nation, the reel is back yet again. We are now joined by top-ranked welterweight and one of the men set to compete at UFC 217 this weekend in Madison Square Garden. Good friend of the show, Gamebred himself, Jorge Masvidal. I know it's fight week. It's very busy for you, Gamebred. We greatly appreciate the time. All the hard work is done. How was preparation, and how are you feeling right now, man? I'm feeling great, man. Happy to be alive. Uh, weight's going good, no injuries, so I'm just eager to get in there and fight already, you know? I can only imagine. Um, so weight is on point, looking good right now? Yes, sir. Weight is great right now. Um, yeah, I don't I don't struggle. I'm a professional in every sense of the word. For sure, for sure. So last time we spoke, you were just getting over the hurricane and really turning things on in camp. Has everything gotten put back together for you in regards to the hurricane? And did you get a chance to plant another mango tree yet? Nah, no more mango trees. Uh, but um, things are almost good, you know. Everything's good. I'm I'm set. Betty, uh, the the training, like you said, the, it sucked for a little bit because it was like that hurricane took about a week of training for me. You know, it took me about a day to get to where I traveled at to to, to be safe, and then another day and a half to get back because of the crazy traffic. And you know the the days that I was there, so I lost that week. Kind of just did road work, abs, pushups, but I wasn't in the gym with another training partner training. You know, so I lost a little bit of that, but it's it was just a small hiccup. I'm I'm 100 percent ready to go right now. Very good, very good. So we're just days away from the biggest fight of your career so far. You're in NYC, about to compete in Madison Square Garden. The dream come true is closing in, my friend. How excited are you to go out there and perform in such a hollowed arena? I'm excited. Like I had mentioned before, a lot of greats that I look up to have fought in that arena. Yep. So I'm just eager to, to keep that tradition going, especially for my Latin fans. I got a lot of Latin fans out here in New York. A lot of great Latin fighters competed here before me, so... I just want to I just wanna keep that tradition going strong. Now, have you had a chance to go out into the city at all and kind of take in some of that support from the Latin fans in New York? Yeah, I went walking around today while we went go looking for food and just to take my son around the block and stuff. And uh, a lot of the Latin community recognized me right away, so it's always, it's always cool, man, to get that love. Absolutely. Very good, very good. So not only are you competing in the world-renowned MSG, but you're fighting to reclaim that place as the challenger for the title. Um, I know every fight is important, man, but does this one feel like there's a lot more on the line than usual? Uh, I mean, all of them feel like the biggest fight of my life, you know? But definitely this one more added pressure because of the MSG. You know? not, not pressure, but I would say bigger stage. For sure, for sure. Now, Wonder Boy has said that uh, he isn't feeling as much pressure as he has in previous fights. He said he used to puke before every fight, but he doesn't think he's going to do that for this one. What is your response to that, and is there any chance that he could be taking you lightly? Um, I don't, man. I haven't even like heard an interview of his or anything. So I, maybe he's talking crap. Maybe he's not. I don't know. You know, maybe he's taking me lightly. I hope. I would. I would wish to be taking me lightly. You know, that'd be the best thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, he's shown you a lot of respect. That was something I wanted to get to here in a moment. But you know, for a guy that pukes before every fight and has a lot of nerves, for him to not feel those nerves. Sounds to me like something might be different and possibly wrong for him going into this one. But um, he's also said that he expects fireworks for this fight, expects uh, to put on a show for the fans. I'm sure you'd agree with that, but the difference being that you'll be putting on the show and not him, right? I think the main difference is that he just says generic answers and cookie-cutter answers to, like, not offend anybody or, you know, 
I don't really think he speaks from his, not that he's fake, but I don't, I just think he keeps his answers very bland. He doesn't put no seasoning on him. He just says what he's supposed to say for the masses and that's it, you know. Um, I don't plan on putting on fireworks. I, I plan on hurting him. That's what I plan on doing. I don't plan it being a war. I plan on just taking over that small country. Now, I think that's a lot, a lot of uh, the issue that's going on today with, with fighters and trying to promote themselves and uh, they don't speak from the heart enough, and that's something that you've always done. Why do you think that is? Why do you think more guys are just, you know, kind of giving that generic trash talk or generic uh, uh, bland answers, like you're saying? It has to do a lot with the character, with the person, you know. Um, if I walk into a party and there's a song playing that I like, but nobody else likes it or heard of it, it's not going to stop me from dancing, you know. I'm still going to jam out to what I like, you know, and, and that's just... I've always been, you know, I might go somewhere and I'm completely overdressed or underdressed, but I don't care. I'm I'm, I'm going to do me at all times. I'm just going to be me. I don't look around to my surroundings. I just, my surroundings adapt to me, you know, like I'm, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm going to say whatever I feel I should say when I get asked a question. You know, I, I, I have respect and I have like social awareness. Like I'm not going to start, you know, being like a bisping or something that's fucking trying to disrespect people just to get it to notice him or spitting on corners or retarded shit like that. But I I speak from the heart most of the time. For sure, man. And I think that's why, you know, so many people uh, uh, can, can relate to you and attach to you. And as I said, man, the real is back. You do keep it real, that is for sure. Um, but Wonder Bread is also called, you know, said that you're called Game Bread for a reason and that he expects you to really push him. Um, do you have that same kind of respect for his his skill set as well? I got I got respect for his skill set and for his heart. He definitely took some shots against Woodley in both fights that a uh, uh, lesser man would have gave into. You know, he he fought through that, through the guillotine, through the right hands, the abuse that he took. You know, I I don't um, think he's like walking the park or nothing like that. He he has a skill set. But come Saturday though, I'm gonna devastate him. Now, last time we spoke, we talked about the primary focus for you uh, for this one is to keep him off the bicycle and stop any attempt of his to make this fight boring. Now that all the training is done, are you feeling good about the game plan you have going into this fight for Wonderboy? Yeah, I'm feeling great about the game plan. I'm going to put flat tires on that bicycle and just get to work, you know. He's not going to have a chance to to run away. (laughs) Flat tires on the bike, I like that. Um, When you looked him at the eyes in the stare down, man, what did you see, if anything? I saw a lot of things actually. I won't. I can't tell you yet, but I always see a lot of things in those initial wanes and stuff. You know, it's uh, I'm a master of psychology, and when I drop the book on just psychology alone, future generations could go by it. But I, I saw many things that uh that I was happy with what I saw actually. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Hopefully, after the fight, we can get you to uh to break those down for us. Um, but you've maintained with that with the win on Saturday. You should be next in line for the title. Wonder Boy seems to think that, that with a good win himself, he could change Dana White's mind and still be in the running for the title. This fight is definitely very important for the division and the title picture. What argument could possibly be made if you finish Wonder Boy that you're not next in line for the belt? Uh, shit, man, that's Twilight Zone shit. I don't, I don't see anybody else but me being in line after this fight. You know, if somebody else was to get the call, it'd be real. Real left field type shit to me. Twilight Zone, you know. I'm, um, I think I've, I've proven myself in this division. 
and not just that, but the action that I bring to every fight. You know, I people like to watch me fight because there's a certain value you could you could put on that. You know, you can bite your friends' hey, let's watch Master all the Saturday fight because it's actually going to be a fight. There's going to be violence. There's going to be technique involved, and there's going to be a lot of grit. You know. For sure, for sure. As I said, I think that's why a lot of people, you know, not only the realness outside of the cage, but the realness inside the cage as well. That's why a lot of people gravitate towards you. Uh, but obviously there's another guy in the mix, your good friend Colby Covington. I know you came to his defense this week and said that you guys, you know, have each other's backs through thin and through thin, and thin, thick and thin. Um, I know you've discussed all the controversy surrounding him this week, but give us your thoughts on his ability to promote himself and generate those kind of headlines right now. I think he took over in like a matter of like however long that post speech was, it it took over. I mean, nobody has stopped talking about it. I haven't stopped talking about it because interviewers keep asking me about it. So he 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 did something right, you know. And uh, it's just it's the name of the game. You gotta generate headlines. You gotta get people talking about you, you know. And and to tell you the truth, he he spoke from the heart. I I was talking to my coaches how. Uh, they will go to open workouts and then people will try to shove my own coaches. They have nothing to do with and my coaches never said nothing bad. The same coach I mean, uh, Kobe Share, he's never said nothing bad about nobody, an opponent or anything. Even in private, he's just not that guy. He'll just be like, hey, this is what we're going to do to beat him and so on and so on. But he, he doesn't badmouth anybody. And he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, condone that behavior either. He doesn't like that. For, for us to be trash talking. He lets me do what I got to do, but he, he doesn't really care for it. So for me to hear that somebody was trying to put their hands on him just because he's Kobe's coach, it's something so ridiculous and stupid to me that I could only imagine Kobe was fired up going into that fight and still felt that way even after the fight, you know? What was he supposed to say? I love Brazil. I love you guys. Like every other fake fucking fighter that goes over there and says that, though they got spit on, pushed, shoved, and they chanted all types of shit, you know? The guy actually spoke from the heart and he gets crucified for it. I agree with you 100%, man. This is something I actually, I, I'm having him on the show tonight as well. That's something I talked to him about earlier, was that, you know, he's not the first guy to do this. I mean, Chael Sonnen has said some pretty inflammatory stuff about Brazil, and, you know, there wasn't nearly as much of an uproar about it. You know, but unfortunately, it seems like times have changed. People have become hypersensitive to everything, and that's just the name of the game these days, you know? That PR shit is, it's, it's too much, you know? Not PR, I mean, uh, politically correct. Yeah, yeah, PC, yeah, right, right, right. Ridiculous. So, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Guys want to throw down, let them let them throw down. You know, if, if obviously I don't expect to get cheered on when I go to Brazil to fight a Brazilian. I get it. And let them say whatever the fuck they want to say, whatever makes them feel better. You know, they spent their money on that ticket and they want to enjoy themselves and have a good time. Let, the, let me be their emotional punching back. I get that. But don't get mad when somebody gives you a little bit of heat, when somebody says a little bit of something, you know, it's... It's crazy, you know? I, I agree. I agree. So what do you think of the backlash from the team at ATT? And, you know, kind of going along with what we're talking about here, shouldn't everyone be more understanding at what he's trying to accomplish by playing the villain? Of, uh, I, I understand why Brazilians are upset at the team. I, I truly do. If somebody was to disrespect my country, uh, America or Cuba or, or Peru, I'd be upset. Those are places that I hold dear to my heart. I'd be upset and... Ivory Coast, you know, um, but you, you know, it's it's whatever, man. If somebody's problem is that real, then let them take it up with Kobe, man to man. The social media shit, the, oh, I'm so upset. That that's not for us, you know. We are men in this sport. Most of us, at least the ones that I think are in this sport, 
handle it like a man, you know, go up to the dude and talk to him, you know, and if you can't resolve it by talking, then put the fucking gloves on and squat. I just, uh, people saying I'm officially leaving the team because, get the fuck out of here, you're never even part of this damn team. Right, right, I, he he had a very similar, very similar answer to the same question, man. Um, so, with him at number three. There's guys I don't want to mention. But they were taking Kobe's little momentum to like be like, well, I'm gonna take this time to officially denounce the team, and I'm not talking about Lebo. Lebo could do whatever he wants. He's he's got a uh, he's he's a stud. He he did a lot for me in, in particular in my career. So if Lebo um, is upset about that, you know, and he wants to say something. Of course, he has more than all the right to say. But like just people just BSing and, and trying to jump on the bad wagon. Well, I'm leaving too because my feelings were hurt. Well, then maybe fighting isn't for you. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, so with him at number three, you're about to take out the number one guy. It must be pretty cool to to have done what you guys said you were going to do and take over this division together, right? Yes, sir. We planned this out a long time ago, and um, we're just getting closer to the goals that we set out for ourselves. For sure, for sure. However, on the flip side of that, with the title picture, have you guys decided who's going to compete for the belt first? We We just let it fall the chips where they may but see me i have a lot of options now because um i could drop the 55 for the right money and beat the crap out of mcconnor or the other dude that has the title tony if if, the, if they came back to ufc with some legit numbers to make it worth me sacrificing my body i could go down to 55 and, and do that you know while the dust settles at 170 or you know whatever happens at 70 whether he gets the title shot first or i get it it'll all fall into place you know i think it's just going to work out right for sure, and I think uh, you guys could both uh, dominate a division or two, and maybe switch up at some point as well. Oh no, for sure, you know it'll be it'll be pretty interesting just to rack these points up. Definitely, definitely, and it's been really cool to be along with you guys for this ride. Uh, you know, meteoric rise for you both, and a lot of hard work and a lot of years of this put in for yourself to finally be at the point that you're at. So, getting back to Saturday, uh, when you look at the three title fights, who are you picking for the three title fights? in the top three spots on the card? Obviously, uh, I'm going to be biased towards Joanne. I'm a big fan of hers. She also happens to be my teammate. Right. I love her style, you know. I uh, She's a great fighter, and, and, and Thug Rose is another treat. You know, she's wild. She's always doing crazy shit. So I think that's going to be an amazing fight. And uh, Cody and TJ, that's, man, I like both those guys a lot. I'm a fan of both of those guys as well. I, it, it's awesome. The main event, I really care less for it. But uh, those two fights right there, I would pay the last $100 bill in my wallet. I would easily turn that in to watch that scrap. Yeah, both both very good fights. And then not to mention yourself, Wonder Boy, and, and a tremendous card, undercard as well. When you visualize the fight with Wonder Boy playing out, though, on Saturday, what do you see unfolding? What's your official prediction for the fight? How do you see yourself getting the finish? I see me punching him in the face breaking his will and just continuing to do that, repeating and rinsing and, and just getting my hand raised, just putting that pressure on him and making him melt. All right, man. Definitely looking forward to it. Have you thought about the next card that you'd like to be a part of, and will we see Game Bread with the strap in early 2018? That That is the goal. That is the all-time always goal. If uh, Woodley's obviously healthy and ready to compete, back to 100%, that's, that's when I would start to think about what card this or what card that. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting things for me coming up, you know. So I'm just I'm just gonna concentrate on Saturday, kick their ass, 
I got uh, also a big documentary dropping. Um, been with the film crew already for a couple months. The the date is not certain yet, but we got probably like four to five months before the the documentary drops, and people are gonna like that a lot. I think you know it's a it's a look inside my life from the beginning of the street fights till now. You know, so I think people are gonna have a real treat in that. Yeah, I, you know what? I that completely uh, blanked my mind, man. I saw that. I want to say earlier last week that that little clip that was released. Uh, tell us a little bit about working with the documentary team and how they're portraying your story and are you happy with it? And, and obviously you think that the fans are going to have a great reception to this film. Definitely. Uh, the, the production team reached out to me and, and they had some good ideas. I, I ran it by my staff, by those closest to me and they loved it. So we decided to embark on it. You know, they, the, they really like my story. They think I have a unique story from every other fighter. And they wanted to put it for the world to see. And I said, sure, let's do it, you know. So we're going to run with it, see how far it goes and, and what we're able to accomplish. For sure. And I think uh, you definitely do have one of the coolest stories in this sport. You know, it's all about personalities, and you're certainly one of the best of them. Um, so I guess when can we expect a date for the release of that? I mean, is there anything in the works yet, or is it just still up in the air at this point? Well, the the footage... The footage, uh, we have a lot of the footage already recorded, but now it just has to deal with distribution and who's going to release the documentary and on what companies are going to be on. So that's going to take a little bit of time of just back and forth and who's got the better numbers at the end of the day for us, you know. So it, it's going to drop sometime in 2018, probably no later than mid-year. All right, very good. Looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to the fight. You taking that number one spot and uh, being next in line for the title shot. Uh, as I said, it's been a killer ride for both you and Kobe, and it's been a great, you know, awesome for us to be a part of it. We greatly appreciate the time. Kick some ass on Saturday, man, and any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Thank God for the journey always from from Backyard to Bright Lights is the name of the documentary, but it's also my, my life story, you know. Started on those backyards, and now I'm under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden. So I'm just excited to keep fulfilling this journey. All right, man. Couldn't agree more. Greatly appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again after a big win. Sure, yes, sir, man. I'll see you guys soon, man. All right, buddy. Take care. From backyards to bright lights. Tremendous story of Jorge Gamebred Mazvidal. Should be a very good documentary. If you know anything about Jorge, his history, how he came up, how he got into martial arts in the first place, all very compelling stuff a true story of the American dream. And uh, you got to commend him for that. And as I told both those guys, it's been really cool to be a part of their journey and their rise to the top, you know, as a media guy, a podcast host, but most importantly, as a fan, it's been cool to see him come up and see Kobe come up and be a part of that. And we can't thank him enough for the, for, you can't thank, both of those guys enough uh, for the opportunity to interview them, speak with them and, and have these working relationships with them. He sounds ready to go again. Wish we could have talked to him about the Bisping stuff, uh, but we'll save that all for next time. Three great conversations. Another great episode of BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. Be on the lookout for all the articles to come from these interviews. 
And of course, as I said, I'm going to, uh, I know I was supposed to hold myself to one YouTube video a week, but, uh, you know, life gets a little hectic sometimes, but I'm going to try to really push myself to maintain one YouTube video a week from at least, uh, from our clips of each episode. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure you guys stay tuned to bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. All the breaking news. Make sure you bookmark us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+, all of the various social social media accounts that we have. Make sure you give us all, give all of them a like and a follow. Subscribe to this podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Anywhere that you could find a podcast, chances are you could find us there as well. And like I said, bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Everything you crave from the sport that you love, the sport that we all love of mixed martial arts. If it's newsworthy, if you need to know about it, bjpen.com, we've got you covered. We're the fighter's voice. Greatly appreciate everybody's time. All of our guests, all of you guys for tuning in. On behalf of the whole team, the whole team pen squad, I'm your host, Jay Kinch, signing out for another great episode. Be sure to come back next week, each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll have another great show, more great guests. Mahalo, Penn Nation. We'll catch you next week. Peace out, everybody.
When it comes to safety, nothing is more important than your vehicle's brakes. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing or grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest and BrakeBest Select at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brakes from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.